Did he do murders? <laughs> Don't get excited. I know. I know your kind really gets frothing at the mouth over some murders. Like, oh, you got mine. You got some more of the murders. <laughs> That's your kind. <laughs> <laughs> some more of them uh, murder stories. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with SM. Hello. Hi. We're on episode 42. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, the, the weekend after Thanksgiving. We are. 2018. Didn't do any Black Friday shopping. I guess you kind of did. I went, I went out. Not early or anything. No. I went out like around 6, 5 o'clock in the evening. Yeah, I got some doorbusters. I don't think they know what doorbusters mean. Yeah. When they're still the sitting around at six o'clock at night. But I got some dollar gloves. So that was cool. So I kind of have some Star Wars news. Okay. I know you like Star Wars a lot. You like to hear me talk about Star Wars a lot. That's like the premise of the podcast. So I think pretty anybody who likes Star Wars already knows that John Favreau is heading a TV series that's going to premiere on the Disney Plus streaming app service that's coming out next year, and it's called the The Mandalorian, which is the the race of warriors that the Boba Fett is from, and they've announced who's going to star in it, wow. and it's Pedro Pascal. I don't know who that is. He played a character named Oberyn in Game of oh Thrones. Oh my god, I love him. Yeah. Not so enough to know who he is. That's pretty cool, right? He was in Narcos, too. Did you watch that? Did we watch that? I watched two episodes of it without you. Oh, okay. And yeah. then the other thing was, and this is kind of old, but Simon Pegg, writer, actor, director extraordinaire <laughs> why are you staring at me because you every time you do that it's so loud he uh he made a statement about the current sequel trilogy episodes seven and eight and oh, how yeah, this is old how he misses george lucas's voice i seen it and i agree of course i've been saying that and both of us simon Pegg and myself were critical of the prequel trilogy but in light of the recent trilogy prequel trilogy is not that bad anymore it's it was bad, bad at the time compared to the original trilogy but now compared to what they're shoveling out it's the prequel trilogy it's grown on me a lot it's funny because simon Pegg is in yeah seven right but okay but yeah i mean and nobody's gonna turn down being in star wars they may like star wars is gonna be in star wars okay i've said that before so who wants to go first? What are we going to talk about? I have murder. You're not doing Christmas? I'm supposed to do Christmas. I mean, the person's dead for Christmas. So <laughs> that's not the same thing. I don't. I don't have a Christmas topic. Oh, well, then fuck you. Make me feel bad. <laughs> no, I don't have Christmas. Okay. Sorry, I have murder. What do you have? I have some information about Pearl Jam. Okay, I'll go first so that way we can cleanse my palate. <laughs> we can cleanse the palate after my murder. Great. All right, let me pull it up here. Let me get in my my mindset. Your murder mindset? Where I find heinous crimes entertaining. <laughs> what is... What? what? That's, what I, well, that, that's what this is. That's what... When you, when you just that's what that's what these murder podcasts are so it's entertainment value gotta get gotta get my headspace right where i'm like yeah and then he killed her or him or them or that child all that stuff it's good it's great can't wait sorry i'm not sure about that <laughs> <laughs> why you gotta bring alexa to this don't say her name <laughs> she doesn't respond to me it's something with your voice I will be standing right next to her. I have a right commanding voice. I'll be standing right next to her saying her name. And she's just like, <laughs> nah. She's like, fuck off. All right. So I'm going to be covering a Munchausen syndrome by proxy case. Munchausen syndrome by proxy. What's Munchausen syndrome? Munchausen syndrome. Wait, wait I mean, is, is that 
is it the one where you like think you have an illness or something? Yes, it's a psychiatric factitious disorder wherein the what affected... What do you mean factitious? I am reading. What is, what is factitious? I don't know. I'm reading. Wait, wait wherein, spell it for me. F-A-C-T-I-T-I-O-U-S. Oh, I thought maybe it was like facetious. It was factitious. Yeah. Word, couple goals, word of the week. Factitious. So it's a, it's a lie. It's not true. Wherein those affected feign disease, illness, or psychological trauma to draw attention, sympathy, or reassurance for themselves. So here's the difference. So that's Munchausen syndrome. Munchausen by proxy is where the person is doing it like instead of for themselves, they're doing it for someone under their care. Oh, they're like conditioning them. No, no, not conditioning them. Like, have you seen we're not doing Gypsy Blanchard, but that's like the big one that that HBO did the. No idea. OK, the Gypsies case is pretty interesting. It's on HBO if anyone's want wants to watch it. She's the one where her mom was doing the Munchausen by proxy to her. Yeah. Like she was make, keeping her sick and keeping her because her mom liked the attention. Uh-huh. But Gypsy realized that she wasn't sick. And Gypsy got a boyfriend and then Gypsy and her boyfriend killed the mom. Like that's the Gypsy story. Uh-huh. That is not what we're doing today. Gypsy is very common knowledge and like they have. Uh, not so common. Okay, well, I'm not doing that one. It's common knowledge amongst true crime people. <laughs> amongst people who enjoy murders. Well, they have like a, they have a movie on it. Like a recent one. Yeah. So anyway, some experts consider this to be a form of child abuse or medical neglect, but it's really not well understood. And this case in particular, I don't know, the legal ramifications of it are what's confusing because a lot of times Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Oh, you know what? You know what? You'll you'll know it from is um, the sixth sense. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Close to Flockhart. Yeah, with the, yeah, close to Flockhart's character gets um, killed or whatever by her mom. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one. So we're going to talk about a mommy blogger, Lacey Spears. So this is recent. Yes, this is recent. So, and the main reason that I definitely wanted to talk about it is because and we'll talk about this. We'll go into it a little bit later. But I we had a run in with she was almost like a catfish. Mommy blogger pulling this shit. Remember that Heather Chapman or whatever oh, her name yeah. was back in the day. And yeah. she was always claiming her kid died like she had twins, but one died and all that nonsense. And so we're going to talk about this case and then we'll go into our personal experience. But mommy blogger Lacey Spears, she seemed like she had it like really fucking rough. Right. So she by mommy blogger, she had a blog, she had she had Twitter and then she had Facebook. Like those are her three mediums that she was using. Her blog, her blog is still up and it's fucking hideous. It's a (laughs) blogspot blog and it's like the tackiest fucking shit. Um, I'll link it on our website if anyone actually wants to see it. She she lived in a fellowship community in upstate New York. And well, that's where she was when all this took place. Her son's father had died in a car accident, leaving Lacey to raise their son as a single mom. And to make it worse, her son, Garnet, Garnet was in and out of the hospital with chronic illness. So she started blogging to kind of deal with it, to cope. She was tweeting at this time, but she stopped in 2010. But her account is still up. So I went through all those tweets today and these two really stuck out. These were on November 9th and November 11th of 2009 she said i'm hoping garnet doesn't have to go to the hospital today and then a frowning face and that was on the 9th and then on november 11th she said my sweet angel is in the hospital for the 23rd time please pray he gets to come home soon and her handle is garnet's mommy in case anybody wants to go look at her twitter it's still up so at the time garnet was a newborn infant he well because you're normally a newborn infant (laughs) You're not normally born any other age. At the By the time he was five, he was equipped with a feeding tube and doctors couldn't figure out what was actually wrong with him. By the time he was five, what, five years old? Yeah. Oh. 
and they couldn't figure out what was like what was actually wrong they just knew he was sick yeah which like that sucks yeah and for most parents a chronically ill child is obviously like the worst thing in the world yeah like even an acutely ill child is the worst thing in the world yeah so chronically ill is terrible but Lacey seemed to revel in it. She was posting about it. She was she was on Facebook. She was really loving the attention. So fast forward to 2014. Mm-hmm. January 12th, she makes a Facebook post that Garnet is sick with the flu. But he's feeling well enough to try out his new homemade paints that she's made. Five days later, she writes that he was admitted to the hospital. She posts a picture of him in his hospital gown with an intravenous tube, like an IV, attached to his arm. She notes that he had had a seizure, but he was well enough to do laps around the pediatric floor. And they were waiting for a neurologist visit. The next day, she notes that he is completely back to normal, but still no word on lab results. So one week later, so the, the 19th, she rushed him back to the hospital He had been having seizures and blood tests were able to show that his sodium levels were alarmingly high. Doctors had no idea why, but Lacey was posting photos of him like he was literally dying in his in ICU. And she's continuing to post pictures of him on her Facebook. And she posted the most disturbing symptom is that he's in pain and he won't hold his head up and he rolls over screaming the story is making me angry so she wrote this on january 21st this is my angry face it looks a lot like your normal face except your brows a little more furrowed angry at this woman so on january 21st she also wrote garnet has stopped breathing and he's back on the vent please pray also infuriating january 22nd she writes my sweet baby garnet has been declared brain dead I can't, Holy shit. It can't even be possible. This is my baby boy. I'm not ready to let him go. What? What was she doing to him? Then she wrote that same day. Tomorrow I will make the decision to remove him from life support. And then on January 23rd, he died. Before he even died, Westchester County Police, which is where she lives. And the district attorney, they had started an investigation. As he was dying, Lacey phoned a friend at the fellowship community where she lived and where Garnet went to school. And she asked him to, or she asked her friend rather, to get rid of the bags, the feeding bags that were at her house. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Because he had a feeding tube through his abdomen and the bags that she used to put the food in. She asked him to get rid of them. Hmm. So police later seized the bags which contained a high concentration of sodium. She later tried to blame Garnet for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, five-year-old. But her deceit runs even deeper than that. So the Journal News claims that it uncovered a lie in which Spears claimed that she was the mother of a totally different boy named Jonathan Strain, whom she had been taking care of for a brief time before Garnet was even conceived. She she posted a picture of the boy on her MySpace page claiming that she was his mother. And then when the boy's real mother found the picture on the post in the comments. That's when she moved him to a different child care provider. This is a quote from the mom. I went and looked at the page and I saw a picture of Jonathan. This is from Autumn Hunt. In the comment under the picture, someone wrote, oh, he's so cute. Is he yours? And Lacey replied, yes, he is. That's the love of my life. He was born February 14th. Hmm. It's also unclear whether Garnet actually needed his feeding tube in the first place because Spears claimed he had been using it since birth. But people in the community had seen the boy eat without any kind of assistance. Holy shit. Yeah. And remember how Garnet's father was dead? Yeah. Yeah, he he wasn't. Oh, he was alive and well. He was in Alabama. His name is Chris Hill. And he had never actually met Garnet. Hmm. So did he know that he existed? Yes. So Lacey Spears had taken deadbeat dad. Not well, kind of. Listen, Lacey Spears had taken him, taken Garnet from Alabama 
which is where Garnet was born, and to Florida, and then to the Fellowship community in Chestnut Ridge, New York. In 2008, Chris Hill had lived in Cedar Key Apartments in Decatur, Alabama, downstairs from the two-bedroom apartment where Lacey Spears was living with her older sister. So to get to Lacey's apartment, she would go past Chris Hill's apartment. And one day, Lacey knocked on Chris's door and was like, hey, can you help me put this baby crib together? And this is when she was babysitting for Jonathan. And she was actually telling him, like, John John was her child. Mm. Yeah. And according to Chris, this is a quote from him, I started to put it together... I started putting the crib together and she started asking me personal questions. I think she was lonely. I hadn't seen anybody go up to her apartment in quite some time and I figured she needed some attention. And in the days that followed, attention became sex, neighbors with benefits, as he put it. We hooked up for a while and the relationship lasted a few months. Then Spears broke it off, he said. And soon after, she told Hill she was pregnant. They talked about marriage and, and started looking at books to find baby names. She said, I like Garnet. And he said, no, let's keep looking. (laughs) She said he said we were acting like we were a couple and I was trying to get her to marry me to see if we can make it work. But then something happened. She went from wanting to get married to telling me that he was not your kid, that he was not my kid. And it was the first indication of a story brewing and that Spears planned to deny him access to the baby. In the years that followed, Lacey told friends and even slight acquaintances that her soulmate was Garnet's daddy, a police officer named Blake, who died in the car accident. Wow. So she like she started this blog, this Garnet's Journey blog. Yeah. And the only two posts in it, that ugly blog, are both about Blake being dead Hmm. and how Garnet was asking about Blake and how they miss him so much and all of this. Jesus. So Blake was never in any pictures with Garnet and she's always crying on him about Facebook. And then like all of her friends are like, we never even met this guy who, you know, like, what are you talking about? But Hill was never allowed to see, even though she lived upstairs, she told him that if he came anywhere near, she'd call the police. Oh yeah. So he wasn't really a deadbeat. Okay. So a week after Garnet's death, he found out about, about this, like about Garnet, dying yeah and added her on facebook so he could see you know he could find out what happened yeah because he was like was this my kid was it not my kid like what's going on right and she added him back and and they started texting and they had a couple of phone conversations and she said she texted him and said i need you right now this was our son nice yeah and on February 19th, she texted, Chris, I know, you know, we'll always be part of each other's lives for the rest of our time here. We have a son together. We may not have worked out, but we'll always stay friends. Don't you agree? And then she went on to talk about how she, you know, she misses him. And she never would have done anything to hurt him and blah, blah, blah. So in March of 2015, a year later, a jury did find Spears guilty of second degree murder and first degree manslaughter. The um, the prosecuting attorney did argue that Garnet was allowed to become dehydrated and then was giving a salty IV fluid. Ugh. Yeah. And when they questioned the motive, it was basically uh, she just liked the attention. Yeah. And Munchausen, like the maximum penalty for Munchausen was... Or I should say the maximum penalty for murder was 25 to life. But because they think it's a medical thing, they gave her 20. <laughs> right. I, I don't I don't know. Like, there's a book about it now saying that it's a terrible miscarriage because it's a medical condition and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Spears maintains her innocence despite all the evidence against her, including the feeding bags and the open container of salt found inside her house next to the feeding bags. Jesus Christ. Her online history also shows that she had been researching the dangers of sodium. Her her defense attorney says that, you know, no one saw her poison her son. But she is serving, she's serving her 20 years in prison in New York. And she says... She's done a couple jailhouse interviews and she says that she's being mistreated by other inmates oh, who good. are makes me happy. who are purposely 
oversalting her food and trying to put it <laughs> in her with salt. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. You know, that's that's nice to hear. That's such a. I I, I don't know why, but I, I was thinking more of how things go down in, in male prisons where, you know, there's like beat downs and broomstick rapes and all that kind of no, stuff. No, women just just do catty they, they shit. do catty shit in prison. <laughs> Oversalt this bitch's food. Mm, Oversalt it. Make it so make it so your brain swells and you die. I, man. Yeah. That's interesting, huh? It's upsetting, as always. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's super bring the upset. It's yeah, so it's, disturbing. Well, it's just like who knew that I mean who who knew that it could be something as simple as just too much salt? Well, there's so many different ways like Munchausen by proxy, there's a lot of when when they talk about like, oh, you know, women, women never go on like mass killing sprees and stuff. You know, like that's always like the argument, like men are so dangerous. Well, like Liz Lemon says, why are there so few women on death row? Is, right. it, is it a sexist thing? What's going on? <laughs> but like women kill their children a lot, like a lot, a lot like that. Go, that happens. That to me is so, is so much more disturbing. Because, like, men will, like, shoot their families. Like, that happens. And it's normally due to a financial issue or something like that. Like, men will lose their job and they can't provide and they feel bad and they'll just kill everybody in the house. Like, that happens. And the women will do this shit. This weird, like, <laughs> like they do this nonsensical fucking, like, make everybody sick. Or there are these, like, there are these stories because I was, I was researching because the gypsy story is so so fucked up and i figure it's pretty common so like common knowledge so i didn't i wasn't doing it yeah but i was i was reading the other munchausen by proxy stories because i know a couple but i didn't know the lacy spears one so i was i was reading a couple of them and i was like there's a lot of these women who are like, oh, yeah, I'll just make my kids like, you know, die slowly, painfully, painfully. So do you do you think or did it say anything about how the police were no was did the doctors finally yes, the contact the yeah. police and say, we, we can't figure out what's going on? I'm not. So the kid was like admitted on the 19th. He died on the 23rd on the 20th is when they admitted him when they got his labs back. Yeah. And he had that salt spike on the on the nineteenth to the twentieth. Yeah, that they called the cops. Okay. Yeah, that's when. Too late, unfortunately. Right. It was. It was too much. And Man. there are videos and stuff too because it's in the modern days. Yeah. There are videos of her like, at his bedside. Disgusting. It, yeah, it's fucking disgusting. It's grotesque. And like I said, we had an experience with somebody back back in the early days of the internet who right. had like i don't know what her illness was she was like a catfish but she was also like munchausen by proxy style hmm. remember her vaguely so well you wouldn't because you didn't have the inter interactions but some of my old internet friends will remember her and they're i mean she was she was terrible she was she was just awful she made up babies she she claimed she had twins. She ended up ha she did actually have one. Her name really was Heather. She did actually have one baby. So how did she get outed? She called me like on the phone. Yeah. And it she called me as well. She was playing two parts. Oh, OK, she was playing. Oh, did she have multiple aliases online. She She was herself. Yeah. And then she was this other person. They were both named Heather. One was local, one was in Columbus. Yeah. And one was in Virginia. Okay. One was like stolen pictures and one was herself. Yeah. Well, she called me as the stolen person from her own phone number. Ah. And I figured it out because I'm not stupid. <laughs> and that's how it, that's how she eventually got outed. And then we all compared stories and figured it out. Oh. Okay. Every, like all of us. Like there's a there's a group of us that were friends. Did anybody like approach her about it? Yeah, and she went. She disappeared. Oh, okay. And like, you know, I'm sure we could find her <clears throat> now, but what's the point now? Right. You know, it's been 
it's been almost 15 years now. But yeah, this chick was, she pretended to kill off her baby. She pretended she was dying of cancer. And then like she had wrapped this one guy around her little finger and he like drove to the hospital where he thought she was to see her. And there was nobody there by that name because she didn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. People do for attention. And she was a married, she was married with a kid. Wow. She was leading this weird double life. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, well. Yeah, another happy, happy story <laughs> for me. So tell me about Pearl Jam. What's going on? Well, actually, this is a a reader submission. Oh, from who? It's from uh, our, our friend, friend of the show, Jeremy. Okay. So his his mom passed away last week. And... I thought I could do his topic. Right. Just as a small favor to him. They'd like to to hear me go over this, even though I'm pretty sure he knows this stuff. Right. So, well, first of all, and I'm going to say things. You got to remember there's an audience and there's going to be young people potentially listening. So I'm going to say some things that you already know. Don't get angry. I'm not being condescending. <laughs> all right. I'll just if even if I'm saying them to you as if you're you gonna, don't know these things. You're going to be like, it makes up Eddie Vedder. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the nose. Well, I'm not going to get too much into the actual band itself. But Pearl Jam is a rock band. <laughs> His first album came out. Way, way back in 1991. Really? Yeah. That was their first? Yeah, 10. It was called 10. Really? That was the first? That was their first album. I had that in two formats. Wait, are you are you being something right now? Or did you seriously not know 10 was their debut album? I didn't know 10 was their debut. I didn't know I was okay. with Pearl Jam since the beginning. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not normally early to anything. So. so they were one of the bands who ushered in what is called the grunge movement of the early 90s and I, I would say there's there's four major bands there's Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains who all had albums around this time. Really you think Alice in Chains is like the other? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. You don't think they're influential? No, that's fine. Do you, I don't know if you know this but every almost every vocalist from 1995 to 1999 tried to imitate Lane Staley. They were called Yarlers. You may have heard of Creed. You may have heard of Days of the New. We've d- I don't know what Days of the New is. Don't say I'm the, There are a lot of bands That's that tried to sound lead singer of the Nixons. All, all kinds of bands basically I've emulated. I've never heard of the Nixons either. Okay, they were like a one-hit wonder. They had that song called Sister. Uh, Seven Mary Three. A lot of people wanted to be Lane We've Staley. We've talked about we've talked about Yarlers before, personally on the podcast. No, oh, you okay. and I, because that sounds made up as fuck. And I had to Google it, and it turns out that is a term. That's for a term for people who who try to sound like Lane Staley. Basically, is what a Yarler is. So yeah, Allison Chains was hugely influential, and also they're. They're my personal favorite, like grunge band. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little salty when you, when you try to besmirch my Alice in Chains. I can tell. So you sound a little salty. Yeah. Is that a, is, was that a pun due to that my That is topic? not a pun. That's a terrible pun. <laughs> to pun to no. <laughs> dead five year old from my topic, because that seems in bad taste. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, so yeah, back early '90s, in the way way back machine, early '90s. At the time. Music, popular rock music, was hair metal. You had Motley Crue, you had Poison, you had Slaughter, you had a lot of bands of that ilk. Bon Jovi. the The only band I would say that was not that was that was kind of big or that was very big was Guns N' Roses. But even they kind of started off as a little bit hair metal. But so Guns. I have N- to tell you, I don't think I listened to music. Before. You were very young, and yeah. I think your mom listened to country most she listened likely. To country, I listened to like nothing until until like ten came out, and I got that. Yeah, and then I got I had like the Adams Family soundtrack. <laughs> I had a very limited. Yeah, well, music. You, again, you're, you're you're young, and uh, you know I was a few years older, but I I was big into the the hair metal. 
So, yeah, this was a big transitional thing for me. I, I did not accept it willingly at first. I wasn't on board immediately. So I didn't like Pearl Jam until their second single, which was Even Flow. And that I think it's just because it got drilled in my head. And eventually I was just, OK, I like it. Fine. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Sure, it's fine. I submit. So, yeah, their first single was Alive. And 10 preceded Nirvana's major label debut. It was not their first album, but it was their first album that most people knew about, which, was, of course, never mind. It was released about a month before uh, Nirvana's uh, world-changing album. So this album, 10, it had three major singles. The first one was Alive. The second one was Even Flow. And the third one was called Jeremy. And we're going to talk about Jeremy today. Not just because... <laughs> because of Jeremy? Well, he, he did submit this, so this is... Did he speak in class today? <laughs> well, you remember... Okay, and again, for younger listeners, so music videos were huge back in the 90s. MTV played music. The M in MTV stands for music television. There's a little in bit theory, of trivia yeah. for people that might not know that. And it actually used to mean they would play music. So these promotional music videos were huge and had a huge impact on culture and what radio stations played and all that stuff. So uh, eventually even Metallica started, you know, they, for years they said they wouldn't make a video. And then they made one, I think it was 89, maybe, when they, they first did the video for one off of Injustice for All. So Pearl Jam had three videos Alive, Even Flow, and Jeremy. And you probably remember the Jeremy video, right? I what do you I remember of the song content and video for Jeremy? I don't remember the video at all. You don't remember the video? Wow. Okay. I don't remember any of Pearl Jam's videos. What about the song? Do you know what the song's about? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. We're waiting. I'm singing <laughs> in my head. Hold on. Is it a... Isn't it about bullying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you don't remember the video? Man, the video was absolutely iconic. Yeah. No, I don't remember the video. I don't. <clears throat> I'm very old. I am too. I'm actually older than you. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of memories to store in my head. Okay. Well, I, I watched a lot of music videos back then. I got I swept didn't away by as the grunge movement. Did. And it forever altered my musical taste. I can tell you still dress like that. But jeans and t-shirts? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm the only person who wears jeans and t-shirts. <laughs> we'll have to post a picture of your shoes, your skater shoes that you wear. And your birthday's this week. You're going to be skater, old as shit. Oh, my DCs? Yeah. Those those are late 90s shoes. Those aren't grunge at all. Hmm. Yeah. And that's back... Well, I mean, I got some DCs, but I'm not going to go into the history of the DC shoe company. Yeah. That's a different episode. All right. So... And this is all from a uh, an article by somebody named Rob Galuzzo. It was published on uh, 13thfloor.tv back in 2016. So by the time Pearl Jam had released their third single and video from the album 10 in late 1992, they were they were huge. They were, I mean, they, they were a huge band. Uh, they got ended up getting like four MTV Video Music Awards for the, the video of Jeremy. And then because of all of this pomp and circumstance and attention and whatnot, they didn't make another music video for years. They made one more music video ever like six years later. And that's it. They didn't want to they didn't want to deal with that anymore because it was just too much attention. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, never mind. So. Yeah, I don't remember the Jeremy video, like, at all. I don't, I don't care, I guess. Wow, that's just weird. It was, man, it's, like, it's, it's burned into my brain. My iconic Almost videos. shot for shot. It was black and white, and it was one of those Mark Pellington videos. He was a big director back then. With, my iconic for, videos were videos. all Green Day related. Okay. Those were all my iconic. It's like a year later. It wasn't even that much later. So we'll go into basically the, the song. So the song was written about a kid named Jeremy Wade Dell. And he was a shy 15-year-old sophomore at Richardson High School in Richardson, Texas, just outside of Dallas. 
So he lived with his his father. His parents were divorced. And his fellow classmates de- described him as real quiet yet funny. So one of his classmates, uh, Sean Forrester, told the Dallas Morning News, quote, he never looked like he had anything wrong with him. He always made a joke over everything. Wait a sec. This is going in an interesting direction. Jeremy's a real person? Yes. Was he a murderer? Did he do murders? <laughs> Don't get excited. I know. I know your kind really gets frothing at the mouth over some murders. Like, oh, you got, you got some more of them murders? <laughs> That's your kind. <laughs> some more of them uh, murder stories? <laughs> so... Um, it sounds like it might have been a bit of a murders. So he frequently passed notes with a girl named Lisa Moore, whom he'd often seen in detention. She said he signed all of his notes right back. But on Monday, he wrote later days. She said, I didn't know what to make of it, but I never thought this would happen. So on the morning of January 8th, 1991, Jeremy Wade Dell walked into his classroom late. His, te- his teacher insisted he go get a tardy a school slip. school shooting? He returned at 9.45 a.m. Forgive me if I ignore you. <laughs> As I just plow ahead. <laughs> You're so horrified right now. Oh, I would have gone last. I'm dead babies better than school shootings. I don't think so. I think so. Anyway. Now, wait a minute. This is... This is good, though. This, like, this is throwing you for a loop, right? You didn't know where this was. And this is why this was suggested to me by our friend, Jeremy. And I, I didn't know any of this. He just suggested I talk about the subject of the song, Jeremy. And that's why uh, I, did, I did a little bit of Googling, and this is what I found. So his teacher insisted he go get a tardy slip. He returned at 9.45 a.m., said aloud, uh, Miss, I got what I really went for. He put a 357 caliber magnum into his mouth and killed himself in front of his classroom. So, yes. And that's fucking terrible. So the reason I was asking you about like, here's a still shot from the end of the video. Like, and at the uh, end of the video, the camera is panning. You're, you're showing me. Oh, why did it scroll? Why does it do that? You remember that? Like uh, as no. the last strains of the guitar no. play. No, and the, the camera just pans around and the kids are just like frozen no. and covered in blood. Now, the the video that they played on MTV and apparently there's like an uncensored version. It it kind of implied that he did shoot the kids in the class. But if you look at this, they're they're they have blood on them, but they're not from each from themselves. They're from him. Yeah. So and that's something I, I never realized watching. I always assumed that he shot somebody or, or something. I didn't know. I don't, that he shot him. I, I I don't know. I guess I don't know that I read into it a whole bunch at the time. This was before. It's like nine years before Columbine or whatever, you know. Yeah, Columbine was my senior year. So this was a ways off. School shootings weren't really a thing for kids our age growing up, thankfully. Well, they became a thing my senior year. Yeah. So, yeah, he uh, he, he killed himself in front of his, his classmates. And the, and that's the video, the video, you know, in the in the lyrics. Talk about, you know, uh, like you said, bullying, you know, being picked on and all this kind of stuff. And and then at the end of the, the video, he, he kills himself. So in the unedited version, they show him put the gun in his mouth. But they, no, didn't, they didn't show that okay. in the in the one that aired on MTV. Well, I guess there's I guess my could, line. So I don't like I don't like this. These kind of stories. These, <laughs> I'm okay with killing other people. Killing yourself bums me out. I don't like that. <laughs> You're okay with killing other people? Apparently. That's weird. Uh, right. I see Sammy dumps. Sammy just woke up. You woke up the dog. So they had a lot of suicides in Richardson, actually, uh, in uh, in that town. So prior to him... To well, this, they cluster. Jeremy, uh, three students took their lives in the first half of 1988. And then in 1985, someone did in, in front of his drama class. Um, that is dramatic. Yeah. I'm sorry, it was about seven years before Columbine. So and I guess the middle section of the song <sighs> is actually about um, somebody else that Eddie Vedder knew in high school. He said it was about a kid named Brian that he knew in San Diego who would often get into fights in the hall. And then one day Brian brought a gun to school one, and he shot up the oceanography room, but he didn't hurt anyone. The oceanography or room? Where the fuck That's, did Eddie Vedder go to school? 
probably wherever SpongeBob went, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> In a pineapple under the sea. So he said, a lot of people, this is Eddie Vedder, a lot of people interpret it different ways, and it's just been recently that I've been talking about the true meaning behind it. I hope no one's offended, and believe me, I think of Jeremy when I sing it. A little bit more here about uh, Jeremy Dell. Uh, his father wrote a letter because because of the attention that was brought to his son's suicide because of the Pearl Jam music video. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a letter that says, uh, To whom it may concern, on January 8th, 1991, my son stood in front of his English class, English class, put an, a 357 revolver in his mouth and pulled the trigger. He was 15 years old and his name was Jeremy. He was my only son. I slowly learned through grief counseling to put one foot in front of the other and get through each day despite the constant pain and unbelievable anguish no parent should ever have to endure. I've been approached by reporters who knocked at my door uninvited. My phone rang at odd hours with some stranger wanting to know why he did it. Notes left on my door in my mailbox and then found that a group had written a song that was in heavy rotation on MTV. The song was Jeremy by Pearl Jam. It made them famous. It caused me to sell my house and move. For the past 18 years, I've gotten those same notes and phone calls even though I moved away from Richardson. The notes now come from Germany and England as well as the U.S. They always went the, want the same thing. They want a piece of information or something that belonged to Jeremy. When I visit his grave, I often find notes and artifacts left behind by fans, he put in quotes. There are a large number of websites dedicated to Jeremy that spread misinformation, half-truths offered by people who claim to have known him well enough to have inside information. Those people somehow gain status in those forums frequented by young teenagers who have some prefer perverse idea that what he did was really cool. Always, always, they are lured by the, by the song and speak to their adoration of Eddie Vedder. My anguish is just as deep with each call, note, or email. So, uh, lasting effects of kind of... Now, obviously, I don't think Pearl Jam was trying to get famous off that song, so to speak. You know what I mean? I think Eddie Vedder, anybody knows anything about Eddie Vedder, he writes from the heart. And that was something that affected him. But it, I just thought it was interesting to, to see the effects of that on. You, you remember when I was talking on the murder, you know, saying about how when someone in this case suicide, but people that are left behind, you know, yeah. that the, the deceased leaves behind, you know, how they're affected. And I thought that was an interesting look in at how those people are affected after the fact. And then the other thing I was just going to touch on real quick is that. The actor who played Jeremy in the video, he died like a year ago from a he, he drowned. So, oh. but he was actually he came, he was up on stage with Pearl Jam when they accepted their MTV Music Awards. And they told him that anytime they would come to town, he would get free tickets. And they kept that promise. Even his mom had nice things to say about the band as far as them following through with that even if he you know asked them kind of late in the game if he if he could go or whatever they they always uh, made sure he had a seat there so yeah i didn't i didn't know the actual story that 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 video was based on sort of sucked so but you can find that video on youtube of course pearl jams jeremy and you might even be able to find the the uncensored version no thanks the link i had is is, is no longer on there I'm good. I'm all set. I don't need to see that ever, apparently. I don't think I've seen that. I don't remember that video. If I've seen it, it's been 30 years. Like, I remember it's mostly just Eddie Vedder singing. And again, it's all black and white. It's 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 zoomed in on it, like kind of a side view of him singing. He doesn't have a microphone or anything. He's kind of hunched over in that posture. Yeah. His and then it cuts to, you know, Jeremy and, and, and doing stuff. A lot of time the, the kid doesn't have a shirt on, I remember. And and then I remember the ending of the video very clearly, though, with, like I said, the whole class in, like, frozen blood all over them. Yeah, so. I don't, uh, I don't remember that. I listened to that album on repeat. And by repeat, I mean flip the tape over and put it back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. On a, Old school repeat. Yeah. On a trip to, because I had it on CD 
and tape. Yeah. Because I was rich. Right. No, I got it for Christmas. I got a CD <laughs> and a tape, but I didn't have a I didn't have a Discman. I just had a right. I just had a Walkman. So I had the tape for when I was on the go and the CD for when I was at home. Yeah. So we took a road trip. It was actually for Christmas. We went down to see my grandpa in Florida. And I listened to that the whole way there and the whole way back. And that's the only tape I brought. And I just listened to it's it. It's a great album. Yeah. I, I listen to it a lot, too. It, that album's been, so, it's sold 13 million copies by now. It's a lot of, it's a, I was two of them. <laughs> I was at least one of them. Well, so in this house, we were three. <laughs> like, that's a lot. For one yeah, house. It's, it's a fantastic debut album. And... You know, again, part of that whole I'll probably actually do it uh, a bit on the early 90s grunge on Yarling. Yeah, maybe the impact grunge had. Apparently, Lane Staley is a very sensitive topic. I like, you know, well, again, and three of those four guys are dead from suicide of those four bands. Their lead singers are dead. Possibly suicide. So... Chris Cornell suicide, Kurt Cobain suicide, Possibly and Lane's suicide. What's that? Possibly suicide. Who? Kurt Cobain. No, that's. Oh, do you, do you buy into that I'm he was saying, murdered? I'm just saying it could be. No, he murdered. he killed himself. I he wrote a song <laughs> called "I Hate Myself and Want to Die." It's on the Beavis and Butthead experience. I fully buy into the suicide <laughs> so thing. You're saying he probably. We killed himself. Yeah, and we shouldn't have okay. been as shocked as we were, considering I was that in, particular song title. I was in eighth grade. I was shocked. Everybody was shocked. I didn't. Uh, how was I supposed? I was a to band know? at the top of their game, and nobody could comprehend that maybe somebody didn't want to be that famous. I don't blame them. I don't, I don't want to be that famous. Actually, I'm going to do a segment at least on Nevermind and the impact that album had. I also had that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, that's what was cool about the 90s. There were certain albums that everyone just had. So Stone Temple Pilots, you think that's like a knockoff band then? Yeah, they're, they're a little late to the party. They're not from Seattle. They're what, from L.A.? They're from California somewhere, probably. I don't remember what part of California. But how how were they late to the band? I got them around the same time I got those other tapes. I think, when did Core come out? I think I don't think that came out until like 93. It's not that late. So it's two years after the fact, like the Pearl Jam and Nirvana. And I don't, I don't know when Bad Motorfinger came out. What? Soundgarden's Bad Motorfinger. Oh, I, I didn't have but that. But I think Dirt came out in 1992. That was Alice in Chains' big album. All right. Well, I guess that's everything for this episode. This episode's a little shorter <laughs> well, than, shorter than usual. Abrupt. Well, this one was a bummer. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, it came out in '92. About a year later, it's when Core came out. So I, I don't. I wouldn't say they're a knockoff. I had. I had Core. I had Core. I. That's a great album too. I had Core. I liked it. No I, I still like it. Yeah. I like. I like their first three albums a lot. I did not have anything by Alice in Chains. Oh, that's why you don't think because you weren't into Alice in Chains. Got it. So because you weren't into them, they weren't big. Did you have any Soundgarden? Well, you had Super Unknown when I met you. Mm-hmm. So. I did. You didn't like the Alice in Chains that much. They were definitely, I would say, lyrically and sound-wise, they were the darkest band and probably the closest to a heavy metal band. So I could see that. And I was a little girl. So. Yeah, they, but I, I think I'm just, I'm not saying that they... I don't think they ever sold as well as Nirvana or Pearl Jam or maybe even Soundgarden, but their impact-wise, huge, huge impact. Uh, especially, you know, going into the late 90s, you, you could hear it. And like those bands I mentioned earlier, Stained was another one, huge. Yes. Godsmack, that yes. dude tries to sound exactly like Lane Staley. Like, yeah, they, they they had a... Godsmack. Yeah, they're terrible. Oh, which, but oddly enough, which it's funny I say that... Uh, the lead singer Godsmack again imitated Lane Staley. Also, Godsmack is the name of an Alice in Chains song on Dirt. So yeah, <laughs> they didn't even try. I don't know if they started off as a maybe, Alice yeah. in Chains tribute band. I was gonna say maybe they started off as a cover band. But yeah, the, again, huge, huge impact. Even hmm. if you missed out on it, 
for sure. I didn't miss. I wasn't, I'm not missing it, Bob. <laughs> you you missed out. No. Do you, you want to talk about our, our weekend? We had a good weekend? No. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Thanks for listening. <laughs> That's that. I don't want to It's a weekend it. fun. Yeah, we had a good weekend. We had a nice weekend Bottle. celebrating my birthday. Yeah, Sean's birthday's coming up. So when this comes out, it'll be in two days after that. And then everybody wish Sean a happy birthday. I got a, I got a free dessert with my breakfast today. Right. We had a really nice. good server at, well, like, I mean, I guess he was really good. He was really nice. We had a really nice server. He was, a, he was a fine server. He was a fine server. Our eggs, my eggs were not good. He but didn't that's make not the server. eggs. That's yeah. not the server's fault. Not the server's fault. And I, and I didn't complain, so I didn't even give him a chance to fix it. I just I just ate it and dealt with it. Um, the server, when we told when we told him that we were there celebrating Sean's birthday, he brought out a, it was a chocolate mousse with brulee bananas on top. So good. It was very good. So that was nice. That was very nice. It was unexpected. Yeah. yeah. So we stayed at a stayed at a hotel, went out and had Barrio. Then Barrio um is I think it's just here, right? It's a yeah, it's thing. a local taco. Yeah, it's a local taco place. And then Insomniac Cookies is also a local place only. And they are a cookie and ice cream and milk place that is and they open at night and they and deliver they, and they deliver. So really cool. we had I had um, a peanut butter cookie with peanut butter ice cream delivered and a bottle of water delivered. And yeah, we, we had cookies and milk delivered, which and is Sean awesome. had milk and cookies and ice cream delivered. Yeah. So that was nice. And we watched shitty TV because we don't have TV. So we like turn on and we watch like some shitty movies on FXX. Yeah, they didn't have a Chromecast option. Otherwise, I would have just done a Chromecast. That was thing. kind of fun. Watching was, shitty. It was fun. Shitty Zac Efron movie. Got to see some commercials. Got to, yeah, we got to see him. <laughs> we never see commercials. We saw commercials. We never, <laughs> ever see commercials because we don't have TV. And then people reference commercials and we're just like, ha, right. ha, ha, uh, ha, 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 I saw, I saw a Bud Light Dilly Dilly commercial that everybody talks about. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't paying yeah, attention. with all the... The medieval knights running around. Oh, I did stuff. see that. Yeah. It was fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. I got to see that. I, I got to see some see commercials. It. I feel current now. It's all the lowest common denominator humor that <laughs> everybody else is enjoying. It's terrible. <laughs> just awful. Who's an elitist now? Uh, I don't know why people watch TV. It's just terrible. And there's commercials. Yeah. <laughs> the commercials are the worst. It's really bad. It's a nice little novelty <laughs> every now and again. Yeah. We like, we no like turn on the TV and then we like watched it. We just watched TV. It was yeah. weird. It was a weird thing. <laughs> I mean, that's not really what we went to the hotel for, but we did that after the milk and cookies because we both had indigestion because we're old. And that's what happens. We, we took care of business earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. All right. Well, I think we're good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Uh, oh, um, housekeeping news. Are you still are you still listening? <laughs> I don't know. Do normal housekeeping stuff. Rate, review, subscribe. Join our Facebook group. Bye. Yeah. Bye.